Blog Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware, because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Now here's a question for my listeners. Did you know that wind turbines kill hundreds and thousands of birds each year? Tell me, can you imagine that CO2 emissions are higher because of wind turbines? Have you ever wanted to know how wind turbines have affected our electricity during this last generation? Now would you like to learn what happens when turbine choices exist in energy today? I think I said turbine. I mean turbine. (laughs) Excuse me. Now tell me, have you ever heard of a book called Broken Wing, Birds, Blades, and Broken Promises? Now would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for today? Now are you ready to learn how to be successful and how to make informed decisions about your energy needs? If you can answer yes, or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today I'll be introducing you and welcoming back my co-host, guest sponsor. He is an author and a success coach extraordinaire. He will provide us with wonderful information, inspiration, lessons, and some really, really great advice about our energy concerns. I'm pleased to announce that this show is now live on talk media and syndicated on six networks with over 5 million listeners to date. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure. So now, my friends, it's time for you to sit back and relax as you enter the no-wine zone. Pour yourself a glass of wine, get some cheese and crackers, and enjoy our show. Now, let me tell you about my co-host today. He has been the managing partner of a mid-sized independent financial advisory firm for 28 years. His interest in the world of shale gas and oil sprang from a question a client asked, isn't this fracking thing dangerous to the earth? He did an interview with us about fracking last month, and now he's going to talk about his new book, which has just released, Broken Wings, Birds, Blades, and Broken Promises. Welcome back to the show, John Graves. It's so much fun to have you back again. Thank you so much, January. It's good to be here. 
Okay. Well, now we have a whole new topic. I'm learning so much from having you on the show. Um, today's wind turbines kill millions of birds. So they require backup power plants. They're harmful or even deadly. There are alternative wind turbine choices. The wealthiest benefit from wind, we pay higher prices. The Corey, the story is conservation and the environment. Okay, what have you been up to since you were on the show the last time? We just published a new book, and you gave the title. Thank you so much. Um, I know we're not supposed to be whining on this show, so we're going to avoid <laughs> whining entirely. <laughs> but I, I do want to anger people. I do want people to get upset. So okay. no whining, but um, a little uh, something. Okay. Well, let's start off with uh, explaining to me, like I'm like most of my listeners, I'm probably not informed on this topic. What are wind turbines? How do they work? And do they actually work well? Give us a little history, a little overview of wind turbines. Thank you. Wind turbines have been around for well over 2,000 years in various forms. The Persians came up with them quite a while ago. They were fairly popular. Yes, they were fairly popular in the um, Midwest in the 1880s and 1890s. Um, but in the, in the 1980s, they came to the forefront, certainly in California mm-hmm. and a few other places. Uh, you may remember those large beasts that were spinning in Palm Desert. And um, so that's how most yep. of us think of turbines today, the history of them. Okay, and I see those every time, you know, we were in California for 42 years, and now we've retired to Arizona. So every time we drive back and forth, we see them. Uh, how do they work? Well, if you, you've seen them, you see that most of them don't actually work. Oh, okay. <laughs> no matter what, the wind blowing, they're just standing there looking grotesque and ugly. Uh-huh. Um, the older models failed far more often than they succeeded. Newer models, which are the large, what are called the spindle three-blade turbines, yeah. uh, uh-huh. are more efficient. They work much better, and that's what are ubiquitous today. That's what we see across northern Texas, Oklahoma, throughout uh-huh. California, Wyoming, yeah. etc. Uh-huh. How they work is they the wind spins them much like a pinwheel. Uh-huh. That spinning uh, rotates a um, wires around what's called a permanent magnet mm-hmm. and that acts as, uh, as the electricity generator. That electricity is uh, sent down wires down the, the tall tube, the tower of the turbine, and those connect to our electrical power grid and give us electricity. That's the basics. Okay. Well, this is interesting because I, you know, I'm so happy to have this explanation. They're enormous, <laughs> and every time we drive by, I kind of look at them and wonder what's going on and how do they work. Now, tell us your opinion. Uh, do they harm the Earth? Yes. Yes. For several reasons. Um, first of all, they're they're large and they take up a fairly significant footprint. By uh-huh. that, I mean on yeah. the ground, they have a just a small uh, footing that is uh-huh. their base. Yeah. But as much as five miles downwind, the air is in turmoil uh, um, from those spinning blades. And if those blades okay. happen to be near Air Force Base or a commercial pi- um, airport, then they impact um, flight patterns for that airport. So that's the first, um, first thing. Okay. Minor impact. Okay. Right. Airflow. Airflow for and and. Uh, 
folks in the Air Force, both here in the U.S. as well as in the U.K., are increasingly concerned about this issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else do they do to the Earth? Um, probably the most egregious sin that they commit uh-huh. is um, they kill birds and they kill humans. Oh. Now, I'll come back to the birds in a moment. They kill humans in this way. Uh-huh. That permanent magnet that the blades spin around and use uh-huh. to create electricity is sitting up at the very top of that tower. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That permanent magnet is made of what's called neodymium. It's a rare earth. That neodymium, virtually 90% of it comes from Inner Mongolia, from Chinese mines. In really? Something like 70% of the people who live in that area who work those mines uh, uh-huh. are suffering from cancer. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. The, the environmental movement in China, which is uh-huh. aligned with folks like... Um, Greenpeace and Sierra Club, et cetera, here in the U.S., uh-huh. the, the Chinese environmental movement is um, is sickened by this, and they have reported uh, several times uh, about the incredible harm that this, these mines cause to both their people as well as the, the, the desert in which they mine. And there's a, a huge lake there that is essentially a toxic dump. Oh, uh-huh. okay. So that's the the, the most harmful to humans and to the earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what about, so that, what, what right. do they do to birds, John? Well, without being too graphic, they are a, a bird blender. Oh, dear. If you go to the book there, if your listeners go to the book, they will see a variety of birds, um, unfortunately, being destroyed by these turbines, everything from tiny bats and mm-hmm. um um, hummingbirds all the way up to condors, golden eagles, bald eagles, etc. Oh um, birds are affected to the sound. Bats are affected by the sound of the blades, and uh-huh. these are punctured when the blade spins by them. Smaller birds and larger birds are attracted to um, what maybe what, what they see in the blades, or they're looking for uh, something to eat. They come close uh-huh. to the blade, and they are whacked. Is the easiest way to put it. Yeah, sure. And when you look at these, uh, I can't really, I can't imagine what they do to a bird. I think they would destroy a human, let alone a bird. They would be totally wiped out. Um, cut, the bird, cut the bird's wing off. It's horrific. Oh, beyond yeah. Now, um, so how has this impacted us as a nation? Uh, I don't think a lot of people are aware of this. Do you agree? Yeah, that's the real problem. And that's essentially why I wrote the book, to make people aware uh-huh. that the underlying idea behind wind turbines is to create an alternative form of energy, of power, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so that we can reduce our carbon dioxide emissions. And yet that is exactly the opposite of what happens when a turbine is built and run. Not only do people die in China, not only are birds killed across the nation around the world in the millions, um, but when these turbines run, they run so intermittently. They only run really? when the wind blows. Okay, yeah. yeah. And if the wind doesn't blow strongly, then they um, they have to have backup power generation. Go ahead. Okay. You know, we as we drove by uh, two weeks ago, it was an interesting phenomenon because we usually... 
when we drive by them, you see them all spinning. That particular day, it was unbelievable because there were hundreds, maybe thousands. Only one was spinning. The rest were just standing as still as could be. Does that happen often? Unfortunately, it does. Yeah. They, and, and that's the real electrical engineering problem that these present. Not only do they increase carbon dioxide emissions because they have to have power plants running all the time to back them up, uh-huh. but yeah. they don't run very frequently. And when they do run, they're not run very efficiently. They don't take out very much yeah. of the energy that's available from the wind uh, and convert it into electricity. So they, they fail on virtually every count. Oh, wow. This is fascinating. Um, what kind of a response have you gotten to your book, John, so far? I know it just came out. Yeah, it's been out two weeks. Uh, we've had uh, good sales on Amazon. It's an ebook uh, format right now. I will come out with a print edition in a couple of weeks. The uh, response has been very good. It's, uh, two days ago, it was number four in environmental business. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would say, dear, that's very, very good. And also, what's very, very good are our wonderful sponsors. We're going to hear from them now. When we come back with John Graves, we're going to talk about climate change and if how do turbines help or hurt climate change. We'll be right back. Rachel Carson wrote, Spring now comes unheralded by the return of the birds. And the early mornings are strangely silent, where once they were filled with birdsong. Little did she know the movement she began would lead to the destruction she envisaged. Announcing the release of John Graves' new book, Broken Wing, Birds, Blades, and Broken Promises. Today's wind turbines kill millions of birds, require backup power plants, are harmful or deadly to humans have enormous costs. There are alternative wind turbine choices. The wealthiest benefit from wind. We pay higher prices. The story is conservation. The environment. Every decade had its musical phenomenon. The 1960s had Motown. The Supremes, The Temptations, Martha and the Vandellas, The Four Tops. The exciting new book, Reflections of a Love Supreme, Motown Through the Eyes of Fans by Tom Ingrassia, presents 140 never-before-published photographs taken by fans from around the world that tell the story of the people, places, and things that made Motown the music that inspired a generation. Relive the memories of a time when we were all dancing in the streets, and the music of Motown reigns supreme. Reflections of a Love Supreme, Motown Through the Eyes of Fans, is available from Amazon.com. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, 
you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back to the No Wine Zone today. And today I'm visiting with a co-host who is not a whiner. Actually, he's more of an activist. He's the author of Broken Wing, Birds, Blades, and Broken Promises. Now, let's talk a little bit, John Graves, about climate change. What are your thoughts about that? Climate change is based upon the idea that increasing carbon dioxide emissions from our industrialized world is uh-huh. warming the planet. And whether or not that's true is hmm, subject to debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are yeah. many who feel that it's absolutely without question true, uh-huh. and there are others of us who feel that it is very questionable and this doesn't be, it's not based on scientific data. Uh-huh. Irrespective of my opinion on that, however, the, the book on birds and wind turbines assumes that carbon dioxide emissions should be reduced. Uh-huh. If they are going to be reduced January, uh-huh. then wind turbines are the, probably the worst way to do so. Okay, explain that to me. Well, as we said a little while ago, uh, wind turbines need backup generation. What that means is that, as you saw driving down the road, you saw several turbines that were not working. Many. When they all <laughs> work, <laughs> virtually all of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> when they all work in perfect unison with the wind, and the wind is blowing at about 25 knots, mm-hmm. and the turbines are staying perfectly in unison, they will generate between 20 and 25% of the energy that's available from the wind, convert that into electrical power. Uh-huh, okay. That's the best of all possible worlds. Okay. If the wind is blowing at 3 or 4 or 8 or 10 knots, they're not going to convert 10% of the energy available. If the wind is blowing more than 30, 26 knots, then they shut them down because they, they'll, they would oh. break. Okay. Uh, okay. So they, they work in a very small window of wind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that's a limiting factor. But when they again, when they're working perfectly under ideal circumstances, just spinning like pinwheels, that's they're providing about twenty percent of what they um, are designed to do. Okay. All the rest of the time, they have to have uh, a coal or natural gas powered or nuclear powered power plant running behind them, because the energy that they pour off from the turbines is what's called intermittent. It doesn't okay. work all of the time, and it doesn't work at the same level uh-huh. all uh-huh. of the time. Without getting into the technicalities of it, the electrical grid across the U.S. demands continuity of power. It, it can't fluctuate by 5 or 10 or 20 or 30 percent. It certainly can't fluctuate by 80 percent. Sure. The biggest problem that turbines present is their intermittency. They deliver electricity into the grid, into the power system, at irregular and intermittent power levels. Therefore, mm-hmm. the grid has to have the constant all the time, so it must always have backup power generation. So every new turbine that's built, every new turbine farm 
that's constructed must have hidden across the hill on the other side of the bend. It must have a power generation plant that uses coal or or natural gas or nuclear uh-huh. power to create this electricity. Therefore, you're creating more and more carbon dioxide from those, those gas-generated, coal-generated power plants than you would have if you didn't put up the wind turbines. It's just uh-huh. silly. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And now my next question is, who owns these turbines? Who's responsible very, for Very, very wealthy people. Oh. Not you and I. I think the phrase uh, that is, is most common is millionaires and billionaires. We all know who oh. said that. Wow. Uh, millionaires and billionaires are the ones who can afford to invest in this. They're also the ones who have the political connections, the regulatory connections that allow uh-huh. them to mm-hmm. put a wind turbine in place, a wind turbine farm in place. Uh-huh. And they're the one that leave the very significant tax credits to themselves uh-huh. for the construction of these turbines. Wow. It's like they've gotten a chance to grab the brass ring, haven't they? Thank you. Well said, January. <laughs> and you and I can't even get on the medical route, much less grab the, the ring. Yeah. Okay, this is interesting, and there's probably a process they go through. It's probably uh, an old boys' club, perhaps, and it's probably very exclusive to be included in being able to make this kind of investment, isn't it? You pay to play. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Very, very well put, John. Now, Let's talk about uh, health hazards. First of all, health hazards to humans. We've already talked a little bit about birds. What about humans? What what kind of a hazard is this to my grandchildren? Well, in the West, turbines are well-spaced. They are not near significantly close to homes or to ranches or to cities or villages. Uh-huh, okay. In the U.K., in Germany, in Spain... If you live in a farmhouse in, outside of Bremenhaven in Germany, less than a kilometer away, less than half a mile away, you may have two or three turbines spinning in your, literally in your backyard. Oh, my gosh. So that, <laughs> the first problem is it's there. You know, they're big and they're ugly. More importantly, they make a, what's called a thrumming sound. When they spin, mm-hmm. it's mmm, 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 mmm. Mm-hmm. And that goes on 24-7 as long as they're spinning. They make that sound. Now, most of it, it doesn't bother us. It may be a little disquieting, but it's, it's not a health hazard. But there are a significant minority of people who actually uh, suffer health hazards from that. They may have a heart arrhythmia. Uh, they may develop uh, migraine headaches that will never go away. Mm-hmm. They may become irritable, uh, unfit for being with their spouses or their children, sure. because that that noise just boils their oil, to say to speak. Okay, but now I've, I've already Go asked ahead. you about who gets to uh, own these in the USA, and it's wealthy people, millionaire, billionaires. Now, is it the same uh, functioning old boys club in Europe? Are these, are these the same people who own this, these turbines in Europe, the billionaires? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. No surprises. They, no surprises. 
it is far more of an internal network of who knows who than you could ever imagine in the petroleum industry or yeah. the shipping industry or the technology mm-hmm. industry. Um, because not only is it people who can afford to build these things, mm-hmm. but it's people who have all political power sure. that allows the, the regulators to impose these turbines upon the population. We don't need to have turbines. Regulators insist that we have them, again, because of the CO2 question. So if, if you're on that side of the equation, if you're afraid of the globe melting under intense heat, uh, and you happen to be of the political persuasion and have the money, you're in an ideal seat to take advantage of the fears and the prejudices promulgated by those people. So you make money from fear. Oh, yeah. Well, we've, we certainly have heard that equation, and we've heard that conversation so much uh, during this year about uh, environment and the climate change and all the different things that we're dealing with. You know, we've also, are, we're going to hear, I want when we come back, I want to talk about, you say there are hazards to birds, and you also mentioned bats, and I'm curious about that topic, and I'm also curious to hear from our sponsors. We're going to hear from them, and when we come back, John is going to share information on his website and also how you can get his book. We'll be right back with John Graves. Come explore with Clyde McCauley the world of the Little Cuties Let's Pretend books with your little one. Imagine the funny mixed-up emotions of an onion that cries when it's happy and delight in the giant ears that make a little elephant special. Meet the engaging characters who will inspire imagination and build curiosity in your little cutie. This is where the love of learning is born. So discover the world of Little Cuties Let's Pretend today. The first two Little Cuties Let's Pretend titles are at Amazon and StoryNightPress.com. January Jones presents Drs. Ed Feierisen and Bob Ruotolo, co-founders of Motive Creations as sponsors. For those seeking more empowerment and control over their happiness and well-being, you have come to the right spot. MC365 provides the necessary tools and techniques to make your life even more spectacular. Today is the perfect day to start your journey to become happier and healthier. Our mission is to help you achieve yours. Seeking to reduce stress? Start now. Want a better relationship? Start now. Increase your self-esteem? Start now. Do you want more passion in life? Start now. Enroll at www.JanuaryJones.com. That's JanuaryJones.com. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have fearlessly shared their stories, their struggles, and their successes? People who have priceless personalities? 
In my new book, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, I am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, starting over, self-esteem, and workplace issues. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available, two-for-one, paperback and Kindle editions. Also, Priceless Personalities is now available at audiblebooks.com. Today, I have a priceless co-host visiting with me, John Graves, and he is the author of Broken Wing, Birds, Blades, and Broken Promises. John, before we go on with this uh, wonderful interview, could you share a little bit about your website and how people can get your book? Thank you. The website is called birdsandblades.com birdsandblades.com and on that I discuss the book and I try to write something at least once or twice a week on the issue of turbines, design, safety for birds, human health issues, the politics of wind and the other resources that are available for people who express an interest in the subject or who are frankly angered about this and want to move forward. Mm-hmm. Birdsandblades.com And uh, this is an interesting interview. I'm learning so much. Uh, Today's wind turbines kill millions of birds. I didn't know that. They require backup power plants. I certainly didn't know that. They are harmful and can be deadly. They have repercussions for humans and animals, and they have enormous, enormous costs. Um, What... um, uh, let's talk, I, before we took our break, we had birds and bats. What do they do to bats? Mm, pretty horrific, uh, as much if not more so than what they do to birds. Birds, they get, get whacked because the blade yeah. will hit their wing or their head and decapitate them. Uh-huh. With bats, they fly in groups, typically oh. together, and the bats will either try to land on the turbine or uh-huh. they will try to use the the uplift draft that each blade creates to lift itself, to ride up like a hang glider might use to, to ride up into the night sky. Okay. As they get closer to those blades, again, it's a technical matter, but the, the pressure differential between the leading edge of the blade and the following edge of the blade is so great because these blades are spinning at 160, 170 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. That pressure is so great that it, it literally explodes uh-huh. the bat. Yeah. Sorry. That's just wow. what happens. Yeah. I'm trying not to whine yeah. here. I'm trying to be angry and not yeah. whining, but it, it's okay. a pretty horrific thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're making a, a, a very valid point here. Uh, where where are these uh, built in the United States besides in billionaires' backyards? <laughs> oh, Let's tie that into your first your previous question about bats. In Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, uh-huh. the vast wheat, soybean, corn, heartland of America, uh-huh. bats are the number one insect control device that every farmer has. Bats okay, consume three times their own weight every wow. month. 
Okay. They eat bugs. They eat the bugs. They'll be eating, hurting the, the, the wheat, the corn, the soybeans, the rye, etc. We are currently killing in excess of a million bats a year, oh particularly in those areas. And that, along with a, a particular disease that is spreading throughout the bat, bat species around the world, is decimating bats. So the disease itself is responsible for about 25% reduction in bat population, and the turbines are responsible for another 20% reduction in bat populations. This is going to be a continuing problem in terms of destroying bats because, as you may know, the administration wants to quadruple the number of wind turbines in the U.S. Uh by 2030. Wow. Quadruple the number of turbines, you're going to quadruple the number of kills. Mm -hmm. And, And bats are essential to keep a balance in our environment in this country and probably throughout the world, right? Well said. That's exactly right. And turbines interrupt that balance. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, okay. So now let's get to where are they built? Where, where do they manufacture these things? Vestas mm, is headquartered in Denmark. And most of their production, they and Simmons in Germany, are the primary manufacturers. They will do the, uh-huh. the blade production uh, in the Midwest, Nebraska is a popular uh, factory. They also do uh-huh. the production in India, uh, and they do the production in Germany and the UK and in Spain. The blades, by the way, are longer than a football field. Oh, my gosh. Weighs <sighs> dozens of tons each. They're massive, massive beasts. And back to your environmental question, the blades are made from hydrocarbons. They're made from crude oil. Oh. And they put a blade up there using hydrocarbons to try to control carbon dioxide. So the birds are made around the world in various places. The, um, one of the unfortunate aspects of the design of these is that because they're so huge, they are mm-hmm. subject to stress. The designers, they're brilliant engineers, to their credit, they, they've done an extraordinary job of building these blades. But the blades fail. They fail far more regularly and far more frequently than we are led to believe. Um, there are a few sites uh, on the website of blades suddenly flying off of the turbine, suddenly catching fire and burning to the ground. It's again, mm-hmm. it's horrific. Mm-hmm. It's it's a gigantic machine with lots of moving parts, and they don't always work as planned. Right now, um, let's talk about turbine turbine design. What uh, choices exist? in energy today. How does this play out? What's the overview? Well done, yes. So we all know, we've all seen this gigantic Franken Tower, I call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Called tube that's four or 500 feet tall with blades that are 300 feet long and it moves to the air at 160, 170 miles an hour. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. For whatever reasons, the governments of the world have decided that that is the best the only and the most appropriate choice for wind turbine design. Uh-huh. Later another show, we can talk about that. But in fact, there are, in my book, there are more than two dozen other designs that are uh-huh. far less costly, far lower environmental impact, if any, that don't kill birds, that don't make humans sick, and they convert far more of the latent energy available in the wind into electrical energy 
so that the electrical grid can be more appropriately, more consistently powered by these newer turbines. Okay. I so think, I think, yes, go ahead. So what's if there are other options, what's the problem? Why aren't they going in that direction? You pay to play, my dear. You pay to play. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, uh, there is a group called OEF, and the American Wind Energy Association, in conjunction with the International Wind Energy Association and the European versions and the Canadian versions. They all sing the same tune. They are the lobbying group for the industry. Uh-huh. They also represent the regulators. In the U.S., the regulators are the EPA and the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective as a journalist, there appears to be a significant and deepening degree of collusion between regulators, politicians, mm-hmm. the industry, and the taxing authorities. They all seem to be helping themselves with their hands in our back pockets. Now, um, wow, I'm going to have to take a break, and I'm going to get to hear from my wonderful sponsors. And while we're waiting to come back, I'm going to uh, contemplate what kind of a reaction they have had to your book. And I'm going to hope that you will be back with me, that there won't be a hitman at your front door before we do... Before we do our commercial, <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back with John Graves if he's here. <laughs> From cowgirl to caregiver to consultant, meet Becky Fiola, author of The Elder Care Consultant, your guide to making the best choices possible. Growing up on remote ranches across the western states, she tended to orphan creatures large and small. Later on, that nurturing instinct served her well as the primary caregiver for her late husband. And now, she offers hope and guidance as a consultant to the elderly and their families. When you need advice on caring for an aging loved one, you can find those answers and her book at Amazon.com and her website www.assistedlivingadvantage.com Executives, managers, entrepreneurs, and professionals. A people strategy and change consultant, award-winning author, emotional intelligence practitioner, and trainer Yvette Bethel can provide you with strategies you can use to empower yourself, grow your people, build your culture, and transform your results. For insights and strategies you can use to develop yourself to build a high-performing team, you can subscribe to Yvette Bethel's weekly podcast, Evolve, Mastery for Leaders of the New World, and sign up for her newsletter at YvetteBethel.com. That's Y-V-E-T-T-E-B-E-T-H-E-L.com. YvetteBethel.com. January Jones wants you to grow your business fast, getting free PR, doing interviews with podcasters and internet radio shows. Grab your free copy of our audio how-to course called How to Build Your Business, Get More Email Subscribers, and Make More Money Free doing podcast and internet talk radio interviews. Grab your copy right now at realfasttalkradio.com. Again, that website is realfasttalkradio.com. 
Welcome back to Real Fast Success Stories with January Jones and my co-host today, John Graves. Uh, John, he has uh, brought up the topic that the wind industry dominates the press. It does not care for those who disagree with its green image. There are over a thousand books published daily in the U.S. And John had 3,000 books uh, for his first book. And then he sold 11,000 plus books for his other book on fracking. His personal message is you need to make informed decisions about your energy needs. You need to read and inform yourself rather than just repeat what others tell you. This is such a big thing that most people aren't aware of this uh, topic. So you've gotten a good reaction to your book, John? I've had good positive reaction. I have yet to hear negative reaction, but I'm sure that uh, knock on the door will be coming soon. 